This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann, I'm at Otago Poly technique today and i am joined by mawera karatai in fakatani kia ora mawera kia ora sam how's it going it's going very well last night i did did a guest lecture for colleagues at eit on their master's uh program um and talked a bit about your work talked a bit about transformation mindset Uh, they wanted to know about ethics and sustainability and computing and how those things relate together that sounds really cool. It was it was fun, and it reminded me that we have promised somebody that we'd write a paper about a decolonised history of computing in New Zealand, and that we need to oh, be working that's on that. Be such a fun paper to, we've got to write that because that's actually going to be a fun paper. I think so. We need to work out what it's going to say first. Something fun. <laughs> Maybe we'll work it out while we're writing it. And who yeah. are we introducing today? It's my great pleasure to introduce. The- Bex Twemlow. She's a founder of Firebrand. She's a funder, a supporter of many, a director of business stuff, which is kind of cool because that's actually its name, but what it does. So that's really Business neat. South. I think you'll find it's called Business South, Moira. Oh, that's it really? Oh, it sounded yeah. like business stuff. Business stuff was cool, though. Yeah, it should be called that. All right. So we'll change that to director of business South that does business stuff. Uh, and um, and a self-confessed wayward youth, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> Bex, it's really lovely to have you here today. Um, you with all your hats and the amazing things you do in our community, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for the introduction. Welcome, Bex. Where are you, Bex? I am at Firebrands uh, Fuddy in Dowling Street in Dunedin, Otipoti, my hometown, my favourite place to be. So we've been asking people how their bubble life was, and of course now that's got complicated because there's multiple bubble lives. But let's go back to the first one. How was your bubble life last year? Uh, The first lockdown, yeah, it was great fun, wasn't it? (laughs) We all bandied together and got everything we needed to go home and work from home and digital agency, so that was kind of easy-ish. Um, sparked everything up, ensured that our clients were all taken care of, our families were all safe, and uh, we had plenty of work and more work coming in to keep us all busy and entertained. And then, so I got bored, because that's what happens when you're a bit of a starter and an entrepreneur, and uh, I think on the third day of lockdown, I was like, right, what are we going to do to help our community? 
and so came up with the idea of the Dunedin store, which we built um, after lots of conversations with those in the know, the ODT, the Dunedin City Council, Chamber of Commerce. And three days later, my team had built the Dunedin store and listed 700 businesses, which has now gone up to like 2,000 businesses. Shop local, take care of your local organisations. All businesses of all types were on there and still are. So, uh, and aside from that, my husband, who works with us in our business firebrand, he took on the role of uh, culture king and dressed up as a different character every day of the week for the entire lockdown period and attended our stand-up as a myriad of characters. And he managed to do that for the whole lockdown? He did. He did. He did get near the end. He he didn't have to wear my dresses, which wouldn't have been a bad thing, but he, he le- left that as long as possible and he didn't have to do that in the end. We are a dress-up fans, so he had a few wigs and things to um, you know supply him, but it was getting tight at the end. He didn't have to go for a theme like thing one and oh, tomorrow will be thing two. Thing three, no, oh, that'll no. be the day after. But there is a an awesome hail newsletter that contains every single visitor and the story that went with that. So lots of fun. What's hail? Uh, hail is a content platform that uh, was born out of Firebrand and my crazy head about six years ago and is now used by close to a thousand schools and organisations in New Zealand. Cool. Hail.to. So you said you're, you're a digital agency and that you said that more work was coming in during the, the lockdown, during the pandemic. Is that because yeah. companies were suddenly having to, to do that digital transformation that maybe had been putting it off? Yeah, probably less about digital transformation in that phase one, although there certainly was some you know, e-commerce stores spun up and things, but it was more actually about oh, we need to do some marketing. (laughs) We need to tell people where we are and what we do and how they can use us and do it with us still, even in lockdown. Uh, So it was a a real wake-up call, I think, for organisations to realise that marketing, storytelling, branding, uh, it's not just a turn-on, turn-off. You need to be there all the time. And how did the, the creative aspects of the agency, how did that go when you weren't in a room able to sort of hang around and put white, put sticky boards on sticky things on a whiteboard and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was complex, Sam. It was it was hard. We all work in one big open plan environment at number four Dowling Street, Dunedin. And putting everybody in their own homes where you know some people hadn't worked with with such close confines or been stuck with their partner for that amount of time before and there was some extra challenges around that, um, me included. And look, when we got advised that we were allowed to come back to the office, I held the, you know, the the open meeting on Zoom and said, life is a little bit different and some of you may have enjoyed the freedom to to work from home and, and the different element that that brings. If you want to talk about not coming back to the office or you want to talk about maybe having some type of balanced arrangement around it, let's talk about it. No hands were raised. I've never had a message. They were skedaddling back to the office <laughs> as quickly as possible. Has it had an impact, though, in terms of are you feeling as though people you've, people have got a bit more freedom about that kind of how they're being yep. productive? Yep, most definitely. It did have some positive outcomes from perspective. 
Yeah, one of our team, uh, her family is in Australia. And so when she was able to, uh, at the start of when it first opened up, she went and worked from Oz for, must have been about five weeks, and experiencing the lockdown and how the communication channels and things were put in place and they worked really well meant that we could do that. Easy. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Why this one? Oh, wow. I can't change who I am. I've become uh, a lot more at peace with this. And I love Lady Gaga. I love everything she represents. And I can't wait to see the movie that she's just brought out. So, uh, baby, I was born this way, Sam. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up. Cause you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair, put my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, cause it made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. There's nothing ever the same. I'm beautiful in my way, cause I make no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby, I was born this way. Don't hurt yourself and regret, just love yourself and you said I'm on the right track, baby, I was born this way. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Give yourself prudence and love your friends. So we can rejoice the truth. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself, respect my youth. A different is not a sin. Believe capital H.
Bex, all the things that you do uh, in the community require a whole lot of juggling and there's a lot of change that you're able to affect. But if there was one thing, like if I was the change fairy and I could enable you with one significant thing you could change that would fix a lot of different things, what would it be? Uh, okay, well, the first thing that comes to mind would be to give our young people the inner knowledge that they are okay and that they can be whoever and whatever they want to be, that regardless of their background and uh, what they perceive as negativities that might have been a part of their life and their upbringing, that they still can actually do the things that they want to do. There are ways and means of doing that and they I wish they had the courage to um, reach out and touch those that can help. I think that would change a lot of our future issues and our current challenges that we have. Cool. So now we've identified that as the thing that's going to change it. How do we do that? Well, uh, well, I work tirelessly to support this already um, in many different ways. But one of the ways is through an awesome program called Youth Employment Success, which we run uh, for six years now. It's in eight different locations around New Zealand. It's a digital platform, so there is some challenges around access and um, you know, digital poverty and things, but we're trying to do everything we can to make it accessible. So it's youthemployer.nz. And what that does is it allows young people or facilitates young people or their guardian or their care person or some type of support worker to see great employers in their region that have put their hand up, like me, and offer cups of coffee, CV reviews, business walkthroughs, chats like this, any type of opportunity that a young person could use that will support them through to the next step, whatever that might be. There's some very proven stats, born out of the UK, but no different here, that if a young person has seven interactions with an employer or an adult that's employed before they leave school, they are eight times less likely to become a terrible term that we use in New Zealand called NEAT, but, you know, to, to, to go missing within the system. And... I am just so focused on supporting our young people to realise their potential, that youthemployer.nz is one way that we do that across New Zealand. Uh, and so the other ways to do it is to continue to have these conversations and make sure that employers like myself and you guys are doing great things in that space. It's a responsibility that we have. Here in the Easter Bay of Plenty, there has been this amazing kind of um, the swell of uh, funding and uh, people who are making sure that the internet is accessible for every single kid in the community. We've right. we've we've nailed it here. So it it is a, it's kind of it's so close to going live. All of the community funders, all of the service agencies, everybody has thrown money into this. So we're going to do it here. Why can't that happen everywhere so every kid gets access to the internet? Well, there is no answer to that question apart from it should. And what would the difference, what would the change be if it did happen? 
Well, you and I both know that the world just becomes so more accessible and the stories that you can see and read and experience that then create more inspiration and aspiration for the people that are witnessing that. You know, if you can't see something, then you can't envisage yourself being a part of that, can you? The internet gives you global access and you can see that there are others that have suffered just as much, if more, different, whatever it might be, but they've become, you know, who they are through that adversity. So the internet opens up the awareness of our people, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I guess the thing, and I totally agree with you 100%, the thing I worry about um, is there's this responsibility that goes with that also, that we need to teach our kids how to tell good information from bad. Oh, yeah. Especially right now, eh? Yeah, because it's hard hard for kids who haven't been, that that when the critical thinking component in education seems to be missing. Mm. Well, you know, I firmly believe that that responsibility is, it does come back to the actual platform holders and the billionaires that are, you know, creaming it from the misinformation. And, um, you know, I don't know how popular the, the thought is, but our government has a role to play in ensuring that those companies are performing at our expected standards in the country as well. Um, the misinformation that's out there as a parent, because I have an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old, it's a huge responsibility and difficult task to manage to ensure that they are only you know, taking in what is true, relevant and good. Um, and you can't manage it 100% of the time. So, yeah, I, I think there is a responsibility there from the platform holders themselves, as well as our government and then the wider community. You said before that when you're talking about the engaging with the youth, you said it's a responsibility we have. And lots of businesses don't do that. So what drives you? Why do you think it's a responsibility? Uh, Well, I know what drives me. Uh, What drives me is that I started from nothing uh, and was told that I was unlikely to amount to nothing. So I have a bit of a scarcity-driven personality, so I have plenty of toilet paper and peaches, but I also, um, you know, want to make sure that other people see that it actually is possible, even if you've come from the wrong side of the the blocks as such, that 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 is possible. I didn't have a traditional pathway. I don't have any degree or formal qualifications. Uh, So there's a bit of an imposter syndrome that drives me as well that lurks in the shadows, um, wanting to ensure that I'm always ahead of the curve because of that. But, um, you know, providing opportunities to those that need it is a responsibility of business owners for more reasons than my personal ones. Without a healthy, happy community, your business won't thrive. So let's look at it from that perspective. You're going to be more successful as a business owner if your community is happy and healthy, um, if revenue is your driver. For someone who doesn't have qualifications herself, you spend a lot of time at education events. If, if, if there's an event or there's, there's work to be done around internships or youth futures or education wanting um, you know, consultation with, with community and business, you're always there. 
you, 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 this is this is this is this is not this is not just sort of a glib thing that you're you're talking about. You're you're really really committed to this. I am. Uh, we've got our four interns that have just started, and I'm desperately trying to find space and tech and things to find for for another two that I want to bring on. Um, very heavily involved in all of the programs that are on offer through Tiger Polytechnic and the university. Um, I, I and yeah, it's not that I don't value formal qualifications. I absolutely do, Sam. So please don't put that out there. <laughs> I, and it wasn't through a lack of trying to be a part of the formal education world. I did attempt that, but uh, for various reasons, it it foiled. <laughs> um, and yeah, so no, I still fully support the traditional educational pathways, but I also see in my own journey that there is a place for alternative education, uh, a dream of mine and one that I have some very firm goals to achieve is to offer a academy alongside of Firebrand so that our wayward youth can uh, come and learn and work and be paid, because I think that's very important, uh, for the work that they do alongside of the Firebrand team. So all the community work that we do, uh, which is great, and my team love doing it, but they, they are best spent on, on more of the corporate work because that is, you know, what pays the bills and pays their salaries can be done by our cohort of young people. won't cost as much and we can pay them to actually contribute to that work. So that's my dream. That's certainly an awesome dream. We've, we talked about the start of the, the bubble life and, and you talked about coming back to to real life and whatever it was June last year how did the how did like the rest of last year and the the most of this year go was it was it back to a a business as usual or was it a business as something else yeah uh, lots of people called it business as unusual it was extraordinarily challenging in a different way to some so we had a massive influx of work uh, for digital transformation, pivoting, marketing, branding, repositioning, increase in uh, the need for some of the government contracts that we hold, uh, lots of opportunities to be a part of new uh, initiatives, programs, endeavours and government contracts. So it was just all hands on deck. Um, it's a complete blur. For me, the end of last year and this year has felt almost like I've done three years of work in that space and I don't think it's much different for the rest of the team. The COVID time factor is definitely a reality. Um, so it's also meant that I've had to take a bit of a step back and say, okay, value alignment is really important. I don't want to have a team of 50. I don't think the ethos of what we're trying to do here would be achieved if we had that bigger of an organisation. There's a whole other level of crap that's needed to, to have an organisation that big. So so we don't want to be that big, so we have to be wise about what we're doing and who we're doing it with and how we're doing it. So that has been a little bit uncomfortable because uh, you know, I'm, I'm out to achieve global success for everything we do. So if I miss out on something, it's like FOMO. <laughs> um but value alignment, so what are our values? Does this new client, this new project, this idea align with that? If not, uh, where can you guide them to go as an alternative? So we've, we've had to do that a few times as well. 
can you have that global success while staying the size you want to be in terms of in business and those values in terms of the, the youth and empowerment is, is there a sweet spot of the, the size you want to be and having that impact at the level you're yeah. hopeful yeah and it's it's not directly firebrand it needs to be sister companies and other organizations that we're a part of that are on that trajectory to go global so uh, we are a shareholder and I'm a director of an awesome platform called Get Home Safe, which is going global. We just opened our first UK office. So our firebrand team is able to be a part of that story and that journey and contribute to it. But I don't have to have 700 staff. <laughs> I can be a part of that guiding and directing and governing and uh, the team is supporting it at the same time. So you get that excitement and that global vision, but... Yeah, I don't have to take all the responsibility as such. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui ki a koutou ko tahuahau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding very sustained and illuminating for you more each day how you are contributing at all time precious and unique gift as a triumph of nature's art you are perfect you are unique making this better every day so i'm talking to you of course from my heart's home workplace orokanui eco sanctuary and i'm surrounded by the misty mystery today there's a light drizzle in the air we are really in a dense white cloud and of course here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, we're so lucky to have so many different habitats that we can adventure through and learn about and look after and care for and fall in love with and become completely entranced by and obsessed with as I have with Orokunui Eco Sanctuary. And of course, for us as a species, we are very inclined towards creating habitat for ourselves and others. We are ecosystem engineers and with this creative energy and with this visionary temperament, of course, we often see ways in which things can be improved, can be changed, can evolve, can develop. And at times we wish that this process would happen faster or in the way that we envision it to best unfold. It's so important, of course, if we are having feelings of impatience, tiredness, if we are having feelings of frustration and feeling dispirited, that we acknowledge that life moves at a pace that is real and right for it. All life is constantly growing and changing at the pace, at the rate in which it is truly able to grow. And all life, all living beings are doing their best, including us. And whether consciously, subconsciously or unconscious, we are all moving forward together. I know for me, it's particularly important at the moment that I make sure that I get a good balance between interaction, expression, and also time at home at the Womanshin, really sinking into that peaceful sanctuary of solitude and recharging, and I'll be doing that today. And every day, of course, is different. And with the lovely school that I'm working with today, I'm really asking them to come forward 
and contribute. I'm really asking them to come forward and direct the flow of the experience today because I'm aware that my own personal energy levels are at the stage where taking a bit of a step back and allowing others to to lead and to guide is really helpful. And of course, when we acknowledge where we are at and we give space for others to support us in the best way, the most beautiful miracles can happen. When that openness is created, when that vulnerability is shared or when we allow ourselves to let others take the lead, we can see the great skills that they possess even more clearly. And we can let them know when we can see those skills. So I'm so grateful, of course, for this time and the opportunity to be here with so many different people visiting from all over, coming here to enjoy the peace and tranquility and being able to revel in the beauty of our living world together as such a pleasure. So I really hope for you, wherever you're at in terms of maintaining that balance of your energies, in terms of appreciating the speed at which things are unfolding as they best can, you can find ways to give back to yourself and acknowledge all the gifts you are shared. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks so much. Kakite. Thank you, Tahu. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Bex Twemlo. Bex, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last two years. I don't like the fact it's now two years, but the last two years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Uh, well, I, I'm a, a very patriotic person um, and I really hope that the, the recognition that we have what we need here mostly uh, is, is stickable um, because that is the way that we're going to support our young people. They're going to see the pathways. If we were to go back to the way it was where it was um, very capitalism driven and the, the smallest amount of cost was to take something offshore, it wasn't given a thought. I, I'd hate to see that happen again um, because, you know, we do have mostly what we need here and taking care of our own should be number one. What do you think we can take from the pandemic and the response to the pandemic for the, the bigger sorts of things that we can't, can't solve just by staying at home for a few weeks? And I'm thinking about things like climate change or biodiversity or, or social justice at, at a large scale. Are there, are there lessons in that for us? Uh, look, Sam, I'm sure there are. I I don't give a huge amount of my time right now to think about those things. I'm, I'm sorry. That's a terrible answer. Um, I really loved going for walks and recognising that the environment was recovering. I did absolutely notice that when we were in lockdown. Um, I, I certainly understand that, you know, humans needed to breathe and our world needed to breathe and that felt like a forced breathing moment. Um, I think one of the big things that came out of <laughs> New Zealand's lockdown, and I'm sure globally, is the recognition that our teachers do the most extraordinary <laughs> job. You do not want to be a teacher unless you are a teacher. I I just, I sent so many messages to my kids' schools and teachers to say thank you so much for everything you do. 
they absolutely deserve recognition and far higher payment. They are doing an extraordinary job. And without them, you know, just imagine what we would be looking like as a country. Absolutely. The... The, the, the concept of, of homeschooling and, and or were we teaching the kids at home or were we just entertaining them and what was the what was the school how how was it doing we've had so many different responses to that some some people have said the school you know kept them very much on a, on a classroom type basis and others said whatever sort of projects the kids want to to do let's let's do that and, and so I think that there's, there's one of the things that we need to be really encouraging one of the things we need to be encouraged by is how the schools responded differently to that. They they, mm-hmm. they worked out what would work for their kids and um, and did that. I think one of the things that you're talking about in terms of uh, that, that I would like to propose as one of those lessons, and it stems from what you were saying, is that what we didn't do was hunker down and say all we need to focus on at the moment is I mean, ju- 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 once we'd hunkered down in terms of the 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 um, for, the, for the health reasons and then we were yeah. trying to keep the businesses afloat but we didn't let that keeping the businesses afloat mean that we stopped caring about the the, the, the social things yes. so the what you've done is saying okay this is actually a time where we can focus on the community focus on this youth work yeah 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 so youth employment success spun out to become a job posting a free job posting board as well so we all know that our young people and women in particular have been much more affected by the jobs that have um, been affected by COVID. So that was one of the things that we did for the young people and employers to advertise through that free. Um, just picking up on, on that, I, I think one of the things I recognise from a teacher's perspective is how much of a role model every single day our teachers are expected to be. So when we all got sent home, parents are role models, I get that, but kids reach a certain age where other people are spending you know, a lot more time with them. So our teachers are expected to be role models every single day for, what, six and a half, eight hours a day. As a parent, Jesus, that was hard. That was really hard to be a role model however many days it was in lockdown it felt like a thousand but I don't know um and that you know that's a big deal thank you teachers thank you for being the incredible role models that you are every day because you're a bigger person than I am why do you think the be kind message was so successful uh well I think from a branding perspective it was really beautifully positioned it was uh, you know, a term that at that time wasn't new, but it hadn't really been out there in the open that much. We'd, we'd been suffering through this very, it felt very capitalist focused, you know, be the, be, be the best, the biggest and the brightest. Whereas be kind is about taking stock of that around you and recognizing that you know, everybody has stuff going on. So be kind, be cautious about what you think and say because you don't know what what other people's lives are like in this situation yeah um oh look I think the delivery from our amazing prime minister was absolutely a part of why that was embraced um and I think 
mostly we all actually do want to be kind. I know I tend to have rose-tinted glasses on, but it's a label that most of us can comfortably wear, that being kind is one of our top 10 values, let's say. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Alicia Keys' Girl on Fire. Why this one? Oh, well, it probably sums it up, doesn't it? I'm, I'm a, a founder of Firebrand, so we're on fire. I'm a girl on fire. I'm running from the fire. Uh, catch up and, and let's see what we can blaze ahead and build, eh? She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway. She's living in a world and it's on fire. Filled with catastrophe, but she knows she can fly away.
We've talked about the start of Bubble Life and we talked about Bubble Life last year. How's it going now? Uh, lockdown 2.0 wasn't as much fun, it's safe to say, and I don't think that's any different to everybody else. We didn't like to be told to go home again. We did it and we did what we were told, but uh, there was less dress-ups, although we did have a few. Uh, there was still a considerable amount of work that needed to be done and luckily, we had the community asset that we'd built, the Dunedin store, so we, are, we were able to uh, pretty much just continue on that pathway of reminding people that that was there for them to go and seek out how to uh, interact with businesses in our region. Uh, coming out, it's been, there's still a bit of a day, uh, grey cloud over the business environment, rightly so, with uh, our, our King City Auckland still being in the situation it's in. Um, and I put my Business South hat on here. Uh, we have a large number of members that are really, really struggling. You know, there's definitely industries that supply chain issues. If you can't get the stuff that you need to build the stuff that you produce, then there is no business. Um, if you don't have the people coming to visit the place that you offer, you know, there is no business um, in the events sector you know, that's been decimated as well. So there's still a grey cloud um, and it seems to be a bit more a bit more sombre than I think it was when we came out of that first one as well. Um, I know that we're all rooting for vaccinations to hit the level that we all need and desire them to so that we can have the freedoms that that will hopefully give safely. Um, we all know that Christmas and summer and far no time all kind of comes together in one and, and you know, December, January is what that means to, to New Zealand. So um, we're all hopeful that that's going to be able to happen, but that grey cloud kind of tempers that, I suppose. Uh, and we really want our retailers to be able to sell some stuff, not just online, because that's not where everybody shops. So, yeah, it, it's it's an odd feeling right now, to be honest, knowing it's the 11th of November today and uh, it's a very short time between now and Christmas. Mm. What can we do to alleviate that grey cloud? I mean, you for, for the people who are selling stuff, clearly it would be helpful if we were to buy their stuff. But some of them, as you yes. say, are in a position of not being able to sell stuff because of supply chain yeah. being stressed and things. Yeah. What, what can we do to help keep a kind of a positive mindset? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's small actions you can take with those places and it's just letting them know that you support them and that you're absolutely going to be there when they're able to produce it or sell it or provide it. Um, there's a lot of places that are now offering pre-purchase vouchers so that, you know, it's there for the future when it does arrive. Um, just putting a, a review out online to say, hey, this place is awesome. This was my experience previously. And when they come back, I can't wait to see them again um, to keep their brand front of front of mind. Uh, but you're right. So there are places that you can't buy from, but there is a lot of places that you can that uh, are able to offer digital channels, which are safe, obviously, and they will do everything they can to ensure that they get their supply out to you as well. 
Yeah. Um, you know, shop locally is, <laughs> is something I can't say enough. I know that, you know, there's awesome things out there on eBay and Amazon, but um, I, I personally I feel really dirty when I buy something that's not from a, a New Zealand company. Um, funnily enough, I went to Paris in September 2019, a couple of months before this shit at the fan, and I didn't buy anything. <laughs> I went shopping or tried to, and I was like, I just can't do it. I've got to go home to Dunedin, let alone the fact that Dunedin fashion and, and jewellery and, and fragrances are very unique to New Zealand, and you can't find that in Paris. Um, still, I thought that was a really big thing to yeah, okay, I'll wear that badge. <laughs> Bex, I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we shall have to wriggle through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? The last biggest success? Uh, you're only as good as your last one, aren't you? So a couple of days ago, Firebrand won the uh, Supreme Small Business Award for the Women's Empowerment Principles, which is a programme Thank you. Uh, a program started by the UN and uh, very proud to have won that award, which means that we incorporate the seven principles of women's empowerment into our organisation. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. And you weren't doing that to win the award. You were doing that because it was the right thing to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sam, funnily enough, I thought I was filling in a form which was data collection and had nothing to do with anything else <laughs> apart from one of these things that you do, don't tell Linda Henderson because when we put our name up for an award, she goes all in and there's diagrams and wayfinding and pictures and a billion words. There were boxes that were empty because I was like, oh, I'm not really sure about that one, so I'll leave that one empty. Wow, well done. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are most definitely in that team. What's the superpower that's got you into the mansion? Ooh, into the mansion? Uh, is, is being blind to anything that's in your way a superpower? Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, I think, um, and, you know, some people would call that a lack of awareness, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but I have relabeled that because... I think me not allowing myself or not seeing the things that would stop others has allowed me to be who I am and where I am and what I'm able to do to inspire others. So uh, I love my rose-tinted glasses and most of the time they're firmly on my face uh, because to hell with it, I, I want to do it and I'm not going to let anybody's thoughts, words and actions stop me. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, hadn't thought about it, Sam. Sure, let's <laughs> go with that. I'll wear that. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, what motivates me to get out of bed in the morning? Uh, well, to continue the work that I and we're doing to leave a legacy and a pathway so others can benefit from what we've done. Um, and hopefully it's not as hard for others if they can see that. Um, yeah, it's, 
and I love what I do. You know, 99% of the time I jump out of bed really excited about what the day is going to bring, the people I'm working with, the meetings I have, of which I usually have a lot. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of things that have me jumping out of bed in the morning. Coffee. <laughs> and what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or two? Uh, my biggest challenge with my business South hat on that I'm really looking forward to is we will have another election this time next year. And my number one focus is to ensure that the, the, the crew that put their hands up to run for that election isn't the same old crew that you see, that it has attracted those that you don't see. That's what I want. I don't want the usual suspects. I want Business South and its board election to be the non-pale male, stale female. That'll be awesome. Mm. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? <laughs> uh, advice for your listeners. Keep on fighting the good and right fight. Um you want to be on the right side of history, and I know that's an overused term, but I, I think that's really important. Um, and, you know, also taking some advice for myself as well is breathe and celebrate the small wins and the big wins, but the small ones are just as important. Thank you for that. Moera. It is such a tricky time in the world at the moment, and the thing that will get us through are the positive people who are blinded to the barriers and who just say yep I can do that and go and do it thank you for being one of those people and for being a role model yourself um, and showing others the way uh, it is a beautiful gift that you give to your community and please don't stop thanks for joining us thank you thank you very much and, and to you both to giving the platform for us to, uh, to be able to speak the truth um, power to the positive and progressive people thank you i
blowing bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Molotov Jukebox. Give it a go. I'm Samuel Mann at Otago Polytechnic in Dunedin, and I've been joined by Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and Bex Twemlo at Firebrand in Dunedin. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.